0: Hello Frank. My dad kidnapped me once. A holiday is what this will be. You and me son. On 12th of October 2004, my dad popped out to buy a bottle of milk and never came back. Frank Burton. That's my name as well, I'm Frank Junior. Of course, your investigation. I know about your secret flat. I have an irrational fear of traffic wardens. Stop sticking your nose into matters that don't concern you. I was Frank Burton's wife and Frank Burton's mother. That was everything I am. Maybe it's like kosher or halal. Kosher or halal bacon, that's a new one. Everything I am. You and me, son. Everything I am. Everything I am am is the brand new novel by the author and podcaster Frank Burton. Available as a paperback, ebook, and audiobook, which is currently available for name your price. Find all the details at frankburton.co.uk To rag back. My name's Frank Burton. We've got loads of stuff for you today. We've got music, shout outs, a story about something that happened to me once. Oh, and we've also got an interview with one of the most enthralling and uncompromising rock musicians of all time, Reed Paley. Seriously, he's on the show today. So, the great Reed Paley is on the show later on. Such a top quality guest. Not the best sound quality. We had some issues, and Reed ended up using his laptop mic, which is never a good idea, but it was the best solution at the time. Ironically, we spent rather a lot of time talking about the importance of sound quality. Yeah. Anyway, I highly recommend sticking around for that interview. We'll be playing some of Reed's tunes too. They are out of this world. And here is one of the things he's going to be saying to me. I
1: remember years ago, I was like hammered at 4am and I threw together a fucking, you know, EDM track. You know, and it sounded good. (laughs) know, it's like, I figured, well, maybe I'll, you know, maybe I'll... Maybe I'll send it to Europe and pretend I'm a 16-year-old girl from Prague, you know? <laughs> you know, I mean, it's it, the thing is, is it's, it's, it's a choice. I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not playing to the marketplace. I mean, I'm, even the songs that I'm writing now, some of them would be more appropriate in the 1940s. But, um, you know, I realise I'm not
0: for everyone. Before that, we've got another story. It's a true story this time, not one that I've made up. You're going to enjoy this one. You certainly are. Now... Shout outs. People are still sending me jokes. I told you I'm not doing jokes anymore. Get with the programme. Aloysius has been in touch with a joke of his own composition. He says, I recently attended a Northern Irish poetry convention. Due to coronavirus concerns, it was held in an open-air venue. Started well, but poured down with rain for the most part. Luckily, I was able to take shelter under a nearby Tom Paulin. That's it. That's the joke. It's it's a bit niche, I suppose, Aloysius. Uh, Not everyone knows who Tom Paulin is. Uh, Most listeners probably will have figured out that he's a Northern Irish poet. So that's all fine. Even if you don't recognise the name, you can figure out what it's about. I suppose the bigger issue is that taking shelter under a nearby Tom Paulin suggests that there's more than one of him. You just happen to take shelter under a Tom Paulin who just happened to be hanging around nearby, unlike all the other Tom Paulins who were standing somewhere else. Maybe I'm reading too much into this. A collective shout-out to all the people who insist on getting in touch with me to recommend that I check out their band. I'm happy to do that unless your email looks suspicious, as many of them do. It's the band's names that gets me they all sound like scams. Here's one. Hey, Frank, check out my new band. Maybe you'd like to consider playing us on your podcast We're called Semblance of Normality. Semblance of Normality, that is not a real band. I am not clicking that link. Hey, Frank, this one's a classic. Hey, Frank, check out my new band, The Rolling Stones. It's not a different spelling. Same spelling. Listen, Trevor, I've seen your photograph. It's on your little icon thing, whatever you call those things, yeah? You look about 15 years old. You are not a member of the Rolling Stones. I am sorry to have to break that to you. I had another one the other day saying, Check out my SoundCloud. Clicked on it. Turned out SoundCloud was the name of the band. What are you people playing at? It's like you've invented your own medicine and called it pharmacy. By the way, it's not like I'm getting any regular messages from you people. You probably think, oh, he's just reading the mad ones out. No. If anything, these are the most normal messages I've had lately. There's crazier ones than the guy who called his band SoundCloud, believe you me. Like this one. Shout out to Maxine. She said, Frank, I've just had a thought. That's it. That's the entire message. Can we, at some point, just get some normal people to listen to this show? I know what you're thinking. Hey, Frank... What is normal anyway, man? Very good point, I agree. But it's funny, isn't it, how the only folks who ever say what is normal anyway are people like you, Maxine. I hope that doesn't sound harsh. Tell me what your thought was. I'm interested. I'm only joking, by the way. I don't want normal people listening to this. They'll get nothing from it, and neither will I. It would be a waste of everyone's time. You know what I mean? You guys... You guys are the best. i step off the limb. That's one small step for
2: man. One... For Columbia, Columbia, this is Houston, AOS over. Houston, Columbia on gate over. Roger, the EVA is progressing beautifully. They're setting up the flag now. You're about the only person around that doesn't have TV coverage of the scene. That's alright, I don't mind a bit. They've got the flag up now, and you can see the stars and stripes on nice. the stars stars. Are you getting a TV picture now, Oh, yes, we are getting a TV picture. Field of view now. I'd have to like to evaluate the uh, various places that a person can traveling on the surface. You do have to. Feel you. Uh, you do have to be uh, rather careful uh, to keep track of where you. Sometimes it takes about two or three spaces to uh, make sure that uh, you've got your feet underneath you. Two to three or maybe four easy phases can bring you to uh, really smooth. Uh, stop. It's like a football player, you just have to put out to the side and cut a little bit. A few
0: years back, I had a temporary job doing market research on the phone. I won't tell you anything about the job itself. It's really boring and it's really not important. I quite enjoyed it in a way. Everyone else who worked there was in the same boat as me. They weren't there to further their career or because they really loved market research. We were there because we were there. None of us cared about what we were doing. The management didn't care either. The supervisors were on temporary contracts too. As long as everyone hit their targets, which was pretty easy to achieve, everyone was happy. Or as happy as you could be in a place like that. One night, I stayed up a bit too late, and the next day, couldn't be bothered to go to work. So, I phoned up my friend Pete, who was my supervisor. I got on quite well with him. I'm sure he'd understand. Hi mate, I said. Sorry I can't come in today. Okay mate, he said. What's wrong? Nothing major, I said. I'm ill, that's all. What kind of illness? What does it matter? It doesn't matter, mate, he said. I suspect you just can't be bothered to come in today and that's fine with me, but I have to write something on my form. What form? It's just an admin thing. Paperwork. For what? What does it matter? Is this a matter of historical record? Kind of, yes. We have to submit all the paperwork at the end of the contract, including all the staffing details but who's going to look at it? Is anyone actually going to question it if you leave the box blank? Well, you know me, Frank. I like to dot all the I's and cross all the T's. Shall I put it down as a cold? Who is actually going to look at that form once it's completed, I said. Sorry to be awkward, mate. I'm just interested, that's all. No one, he said. OK, no one is going to look at the form. Shall I put you down as having a cold? No thanks, I said. Put me down as having been eaten by a dragon. Have you been eaten by a dragon, he said. That's my final answer. You sound awfully well for a man who's been eaten by a dragon. I just don't see why it matters. No one is going to look at that form again. The contract will end and all these pointless little forms will eventually get shredded. You don't think it'll be fun just to say I was eaten by a dragon? And then if anyone actually does look at that piece of paper, they'll be like, Ha, <laughs> ha, eaten by a dragon. That's a good one. It'll make their day. OK, he said, If it means that much to you, Frank, this is me, right here and right now, recording right here and now, on my absence form that you, Mr Frank Burton, will not be in work today because you have been eaten by a dragon. My next question is, When do you expect to be back? Tomorrow, I said. I'll see you tomorrow then. I left that job a couple of weeks later, but I stayed in touch with Pete, just for a bit of text message banter. The market research contract ended a few weeks later, so Pete moved on to another job too. A few months down the line, he texted me out of the blue. I hadn't heard from him for a while. The text said, You're not going to believe this. That was the entire message. I phoned him. Good text, mate, I said. Very good text. I mean it, he said. You are not going to believe it. I ran into a couple of the guys we worked with on that market research gig a while back. It turns out the company renewed that contract and took on a bunch of new temp workers. These guys ended up working there again through an agency. The first thing the supervisor said to them on their first morning was... You worked here before, right? On the previous campaign. They said, yeah. And the supervisor said to them, no word of a lie. He said, did you hear about the guy who got eaten by a dragon? They said, no, we didn't hear about that. The supervisor said, I can't tell you the man's name for data protection purposes, but according to one of the absence forms, it's true, he was eaten by a dragon. We have no further details. I was just wondering if you knew anything about this guy. And then, Pete continued, these guys, they turned to me and said, do you know anything about it? Did someone get eaten by a dragon while we were working together? If so, they kept that quiet. I said to them, you realise dragons don't exist, right? They said, yeah, but it's on an official document. That was that person's official reason for being absent from work. I said, how do you think he managed to communicate that to his managers? Did he call them from inside the dragon's stomach? I suspect someone called on his behalf, they said. I said, sure, that would make a lot more sense. Tell me, Frank, has the world gone completely insane? Sounds like it, I said. You know there's only one thing for it, don't you? Really, he said. Yeah. I have to go back and work there myself. Clearly I've become a bit of a myth. I've always wanted to be a myth, I like that idea. Plus, I'm still temping at the moment. The place I'm at right now is really, really boring. Cold calling people and asking them about laundry detergent would be a step up for me right now. Less than a week later I was back in that pokey little office. I didn't recognise anyone when I walked in. All the guys from the previous contract had left by that point. The new supervisor gave me a knowing smile as he greeted me. Frank Burton, is it? he said. I smiled back at him. Yes, I said, I am Frank Burton. And yes, I am the man who was eaten by a dragon. How did you know I was going to ask you about that? You had a certain look on your face, I said. I hear through the grapevine that news has spread of my extraordinary encounter. So it's only natural that you're curious. ''I am curious,'' he said. ''Very much so. What kind of...'' He lowered his voice to a whisper. ''What kind of dragon was it, exactly?'' ''I really can't talk about it,'' I said. ''It was a very traumatic experience.'' ''I'm sure it was,'' he said quickly. We moved on to other matters. At lunchtime, I sat in the little kitchen with my new colleagues, eating a sandwich. Someone said, ''So?'' I hear you're the guy who got eaten by a dragon, Frank, is that right? I nodded casually. You seem to have gotten over it now. Well, I still have the psychological scars, I said, plus a few physical ones. It was a very large dragon, and it definitely did eat me. I don't get it, she said. Is this a joke? What makes you think it's a joke? For one thing, there's no such thing as dragons, right? "'My personal experience would beg to differ,' I said. "'You see, I still don't get it,' she said. "'You possibly could have convinced us with a story about being eaten by an elephant or something. "'At least people believe that elephants exist. "'No one believes in dragons, do they?' "'I believe in dragons,' said a voice in the corner. "'I recognised him as one of the admin guys.' He hadn't opened his mouth all morning, just sat quietly tapping away at his keyboard. What do you mean you believe in dragons? I mean exactly that, he said. I believe in dragons. I believe in fairies and pixies. It's a legitimate belief system, just as much as any other. So is this part of your religion or something? Oh, I'm not religious, he said. That's a mugs game. No, I just believe in creatures... That you wouldn't necessarily see all the time, but are definitely there, just because they haven't been caught on camera yet. Actually, that's not true. There have been many documented sightings, including photo and video evidence. Really? Yes, really. Do you believe in unicorns? I said. Yes, he said. I do believe in unicorns. Do you believe in giants? Yes. And not just the medical condition, giantism, where human beings grow unusually large. I believe there is an entirely separate species known as giants, and they are absolutely massive. Jack and the Beanstalk is a true story. Did you know that? No, I said, I didn't know that. Everyone else had given up on the conversation and returned to the office, but I was interested in this guy. He was really serious about all this stuff. Do you believe in trolls? I said. Yes, he said. I believe in trolls. Do you believe in magic? I do believe in magic, he said, but I don't believe humans have any mastery over it. People calling themselves witches and wizards and the like, they're all fake. Fairies can do magic, of course. And genies? Do you believe in genies? Genies are an interesting one. They used to exist in olden times in Asia. They died out somehow. Magic carpets? What do you mean? He said. Do you believe in magic carpets? I believe in carpets, he said. And I believe in magic, so in theory there could be such a thing as a magic carpet. Are you making this up as you go along? I said. Of course not, he snapped. This is a legitimate belief system like any other. Yeah, you mentioned. Listen, I said, I have to get back to work, but just one more question. Do you believe that I was eaten by a dragon? No, he said. I don't believe you were eaten by a dragon. How would that work anyway? It doesn't make any sense. I liked this guy in a way. I mean, I liked meeting people with interesting points of view, and he was certainly that, but already he was starting to annoy me. The job was annoying me too, the office and the people in it just weren't for me, and there were still five hours left to go, as well as the rest of the week. Maybe I thought, maybe I'd better call in sick tomorrow. I would have to think of a really good excuse. ragbag recommends now you're about to hear from bill freighter from freight train boogie podcast and the online station americana boogie radio i recently discovered freight train boogie and i can't recommend it enough it's such a great music podcast loads of those kind of discoveries that make you go i can't believe i haven't heard this already here's bill with some more details
2: my name is Bill Freighter. I'm here to introduce Freight Train Boogie podcasts. I've been hosting these for probably uh, close to 10 years. Started doing them way back when for real audio and I have a radio background and I wanted to find a way to expose so much great music that people weren't hearing on the radio anymore. So my show is all about music, mostly Americana music, which is kind of a weird mixture of folk and blues and rock and country. So I try to feature a lot of independent artists. Each podcast is about an hour long, and I talk about them a little bit and give you some background when it's pertinent. And uh, I have fun doing it. I appreciate your questions or comments americanaboogie at gmail.com i also do a 24 7 radio station which is even more crazy thanks for giving me the opportunity to share my music with you it's ftbpodcast.com
0: now time for my interview with reed paley what can i say what a legend i'm aware that not everyone knows who he is and that's cool in its own way it gives me the opportunity to introduce you to him. Rather than describe what the music sounds like, I'll just play you his music. It is going to knock you right out. In my chat with him, we talked about his early days as a founding member of the band The Five, way back in the 80s. Reed later released his first solo album, Lucky's Tune, in 1999, he then went on to form the Reed Paley Trio, his current band. You'll hear something from them in a moment. Now, you may know Reed as a frequent and long term collaborator with Frank Black, aka Black Francis. We didn't talk about that very much. I didn't want to make a big deal out of that association as much as I love Frank Black and the Pixies. I just wanted to focus. Reid Paley. You know what I mean? We do touch on the album that Paley and Francis recorded together under the name Paley and Francis. So we'll find out some more about that. There's lots of swearing in this interview, by the way. That's okay, right? We're all grown-ups here apart from you kids who are listening. Hello kids. There's some swearing. There's your warning. And once again, Sound quality is not the best. You might hear some of the Brooklyn Birds through the window in the background. The Brooklyn Birds. That's not a band. They're birds from Brooklyn. He's in Brooklyn, by the way. I'm not just being weird. But anyway, here's what it's all about. Let's kick this off by playing a song called Everything's Going Wrong and That's Alright by the Reed Paley Trio.
3: tell you that your life can go to hell but how you gonna get there when you got no soul to sell no matter how you play it, there's always room for more with that knocked down dead back on the floor I can almost tell the difference between day and night cause everything is going wrong and that's all right I try to find the bright side but rains so bunch of see. I'm not wagging, cause there ain't no room for me. Need another blowout, got to have a little fun. All I got to sell you is a mattress and gunwines. Almost like the difference between day and night. And everything is gone wrong, and that's alright. Doesn't take a genius to watch the way you walk. Doesn't take a genius to wrap up in a flag. It doesn't take a genius to pretend you're god in drag. Doesn't take a genius to see the bad guy smiling. Doesn't take a genius to get ugly for a while. It doesn't take a genius to tell you what's true. It only take one night to suck the life right out of you, and now if you'll excuse me, I'm stepping into the light. Everything is going wrong and that's alright.
0: I was doing a bit of research. I was looking around and and trying to find out about your early career. And um, <laughs> as far as I got,
1: you said career.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, what what would you say? What would you say instead of career? Pathology. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh. <laughs>
3: well,
0: whatever word you want to use. Um. It, so. I I got as far as finding out that you were in a punk band called The Five, but I didn't find any of the, I wasn't able to listen to what that sounded like. Uh, um, yeah,
1: I mean, there's not a lot of digital stuff there, just mainly because, I mean, I'd rather, there's only so much time and energy and wherewithal, and I'd rather, you know, spend that time on, you know, what's in front of me. But um, no, that was, yeah, it was not really, it was, it was kind of a weird, not really a, a punk band people finally settled on kind of a blues band from hell although one uh, the one smartest thing that was ever written about us was uh something about having the feel and vibe of a blues band without any actual blues progressions we were loud as fuck and we were you know fun like a dumb band but smart we showed up in boston where everybody was all all nice and pretty and well dressed and what have you and we were a bunch of troglodytes uh, you know who i'd been living in pittsburgh for years then and uh, we all showed up with uh, long hair and a couple of guys had tattoos which was then the still the province of like bikers and sailors and prisoners
0: so what what kind of reaction did you get kind of uh, looking and sounding a little bit different to. What well, uh,
1: no, we were, we were. I don't know. We did, we did well. People loved us. We, I mean, you know, we in, in at least in Boston, we ended up at one point playing a a weekend, headlining a weekend at a at a local club there, um, as a local band without a record out, <laughs> and packed the place. So, you cool. know, yeah, we did. You know, we were. We were the leaders of the great northern tribe in Pittsburgh, and then, you know, then there was no uh, no digital world to, uh, you know, enable Nazis, but also no digital world to enable anybody to have access to anything outside of their own town. So we had pretty much gone as far as we could go in Pittsburgh, and we ended up moving to Boston. Should have moved, you know, I mean, there were guys in the band who didn't want to go any place that made sense, which of course, then would have been New York or Los Angeles or London. But, that's uh, that's yeah, uh, you know, It was uh, people still remember the band. It's bizarre. It was eons ago.
0: Yeah. Was, how, uh, how long were you doing it for?
1: Oh, that was about seven years.
0: Okay, right.
1: Seven years, uh, culminating in uh, <laughs> the, the big kiss off, and uh, that made me very happy in uh, kind of the mid eighties, late eighties. We were one, We had one of the last vinyl only releases years ago and like uh, it was posthumously released. Oh yes and it was a pre-digital thing so it's you know not easy to find the band because uh the band ended up being called the five mainly out of I was frustrated. One guy wanted it to be a number, one guy wanted it to, you know, have something the word death in it. <laughs> Another guy was wanted these annoyingly artsy things like the popular myth. It's like get out of my mind. So, <laughs> And I finally just said, all right, there's five of us, call us the fucking five, fuck you. <laughs> and, and so I'm it's a the, compromise. A of members left, and We spent most of the time in the band as a, a band of four, four members known as the five, so <laughs> i good?
0: Ah, oh, There you go. Well, because I was wondering what it sounded like, because I was wondering if your, your vocal delivery was the same then as, as it is on, on your later records
1: oh yeah i mean it's uh kind of similar except i was younger but you know uh, except uh, you know when i was playing with the band then people the most frequent comment was you don't sound like anybody i've ever fucking heard in my life but uh, so
0: that's about it yeah take that as a compliment can't you i would i would you know I, i did you know I mean, just on on the subject of the of the voice, is that something that you developed over time?
1: You know, uh, the, some of the stuff, some of the more recent stuff, I tend to, you know, really bark, and that's just how it sounds when you fucking bark, and you're me. You know, <laughs> barking less these days. I mean, I'm, really, it's been ages, and uh, I've got an album I'm trying to get recorded, which uh, will hopefully happen sometime soon once, once this... Uh, madness lets up a little bit and recording and rehearsing are actually possible again
0: cool so is this with the same band is this with the trio yeah sure yeah
1: cool excellent james murray mr eric Ebel yes we're rehearsing over this past summer unfortunately planning on doing some some playing out started making inroads a couple of months before this happened so i guess that's on the back burner for now so.
3: I'm a bird, you know it won't be low. You know that that'd be fine with me.
1: Writing philosophy, I've always aimed for I, all, all I want is something to sound like a good rehearsal.
0: Yeah, that, that, sound, that sounds like a good philosophy to me.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, it's, I've only recorded what you call live in the studio. I mean, you know, some of the songs on, on those records are first takes. Um, some of them uh, include the scratch vocal. You know, generally, even if you just play, play in a room, you need to have a little control over the vocal, so you dub over the vocal. But, you know, some of them just have the scratch vocal. And one of them is actually even not, not only the... It's the run-through. And, you know, I'd say, let's roll the tape during the first run through before we try to do something. did it. And I was like, OK, we're done.
0: <laughs> right. Right. That's right. I mean, I, I think you can tell that from listening to them as well. It does. It, you know, it sounds like a band playing in a room.
1: That's what I want. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's good. That's good. And um, yeah, what other questions did I have? So, um. One thing that always comes up if you type your name into a search engine, I don't know how often you do that yourself, but um... Search engines are evil. Google is evil.
1: I don't use Google anymore. I know that. I don't use Google at all because type- I don't have any Google apps. I don't use Google anything. I certainly don't have an Android phone because that's just a 24-7 surveillance device. And even as a search, I certainly don't have Chrome. I mean, for Christ's sake, it was even a headline in the Washington Post that Chrome is spyware. That was a couple of years ago. But um, I don't even use Google as a search engine. I use DuckDuckGo. And I had old oh, Google, yeah. Gmail uh, addresses that I just kind of keep locked in a sealed tank and check once a month or two. Because, <laughs> you know, I, well, I mean, if I, if I kill the accounts, they'll just reuse my name. Yeah, I mean, I, that's why I'm, I'm doing proton mail because it's great, it's well worth it, it's, it, it's good. And, and, you know, and I don't have the situation where I say, Lemon Wombat, and then, you know, an hour later I have ads for Lemon Wombat, you know.
0: Yeah, that's, that's the, uh, the sensible approach, and I think that's good. I know. Well, um, yeah, so, um, when you type your name into a search engine... Um, the uh, the word that keeps being used to describe you is uh, underrated. There's a lot of critics criti- saying <laughs> that. <there. laughs>
1: well, I'll, yeah, I guess. <laughs> well,
0: every everyone's saying that about you. And um, first of all, I was wondering if you agree with that.
1: How can I? How can I not agree with that? Although you know, depends on depends on where you know. It, I don't have to be. I wouldn't have to be that great to be underrated at this point. <laughs>
0: Well, you know, I'm just wondering if you're kind of bothered by the idea that your music isn't as well known as perhaps it should be.
1: You know, I mean, this was the, you know, the the old band a million years ago should have gotten a fucking leg up. You know, I mean, I got to the point where I just assumed it was just nothing was going to happen. Guys, weasels from record labels would rather, you know, get on a spaceship, go to the darkest darkest, most obscure galaxy, find the most obscure planet, go to the, the furthest off moon, go to an abandoned gas station, break into the bathroom, crawl under the stall, and scrape some shit out from behind the toilet with a spoon, and give that a chance to make a record before they would give my band a chance to make a record. So, you know, I, uh, yeah, you know, it's just, it's just the way it is. I mean, you know, I mean, the thing is, there are people that, you know, have the shit, people that are talented, and then there are people that work hard, then there's fewer of those. And then there are people that have the shit and work hard. And they're in the right place in the right time. So there's, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's the element, the, the, the random factors, the element of luck or whatever the hell it is. You know, people that are um, commercially successful. I mean, those that, you know, don't start out to, to become a detergent tend to, you know, just like the wealthy tend to think, well, you know, it's because of my hard work and I deserve it. No, it's not. It's a random fucking thing that made you wealthy. You happen to, and, you know, all you need is, you know, you either have to be born to a wealthy family or you're, you know, or you have to be in the right place in the right time and be uh, ruthless enough to be able to game the system. Nobody, you know, earns a fucking billion dollars. The thing that confuses me is that, um, you know, I think my uh, my stuff is is... Kind of made for movie soundtracks but uh, apparently uh, I've been told that uh, music supervisors are, are afraid of my voice or something as if you know, really if you're that afraid
0: then go indoors sit down reflect <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> you know. oh well that's that's uh, that's a shame because it would it I think I think your your songs would sound good in the movie soundtrack
1: yeah I know I mean I need to you know and I keep on I, I did not Take the time to get, uh, you know, they want um, instrumental mixes and things like that. I didn't do it just as a, as a financial, you know, limitation for um, a couple of the albums. But I don't know. What can I say? I am
0: where I am. Yeah, I, 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 think, I think I think when 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 people use that word when they describe your music as being underrated, I think what perhaps they mean is that the the people who have heard it like it a lot. Yeah. And, no, I mean um, I have a
1: pretty I have a pretty good kill rate. I've done tons of touring with my. Uh, with my good friend who is, uh, you know, an actual, uh, actual big deal. And, um, you know, I mean, I tend to, you know, if I go to a, you know, if i come I, in front of an audience, half of whom or three quarters of whom don't know who the fuck I am, I have most of them by the end of the set, you know. But, uh, I mean, I've never made, uh, even, even when I was a kid, I never made music for kids. I never made music for children or teenagers i mean you know it, it's kind of you have to be this smart to get on this ride kind of thing so and i understand that i don't want to you know I don't, i'm not playing to the cheap seats i mean it's not as if i lack the wherewithal to uh you know put together crap I, mean, I got i was i remember years ago i was like hammered at 4 a.m and i threw together a fucking you know EDM track, you know, and it sounded good. <laughs> you know, it's like I figure, well, maybe I'll, you know, maybe I'll, maybe I'll send it to Europe and pretend I'm a sixteen-year-old girl from Prague, you know. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's it, the thing is, is it's, it's it's a choice. I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not playing to the marketplace. I mean, I'm, even the songs that I'm writing now, some of them would be more appropriate in the nineteen forties. But um, you know, I realize I'm not for everyone. Furthermore, you know, people, the attitude about music right now is. Just completely out of context, and uh, you know, we as creatures value things according to scarcity. And since music is now something that is free, it is less valued. And um, you know, also, you know, if you if you go to 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 look at the Grand Canyon, I have never been there, but I would imagine it's pretty fucking awesome. Yeah. But if you take a picture of the Grand Canyon. And then you bring it to a drugstore and have a, you know, kind of funky little photograph made out of it. And then you Xerox it at a crappy Xerox machine. It's not so impressive. So, you know, the London Philharmonic does not sound great on an MP3. That is the worst sounding format. I mean, it's worse than AACs, which are, you know, lighter and sound better. So, I mean, you have, you know, reality sounds best and then analog sounds, sounds good. It's, you know, it's a physical, um, physical process. And then CDs sound a little worse and MP3 sound like crap. And everybody's listening through tiny little things. And, and you know, you, the thing is, the fo- it's a, I don't want to get all fucking Mar- Marshall McLuhan, but if you had vinyl, you would sit and it was a one foot by one foot canvas on which there was art and information and you would be drunk or stoned and you would just... Not because you were looking, but you would say, oh, yeah, this guy over here, I remember this guy played on this record, this guy produced this record. You look, Right right now, shit's all out of context. You don't even know who wrote anything. It's just, here's the song, here's the person that's doing it. Getting a little off track here, but...
0: Uh, no, that's all good. Yeah, you can, you can go as far off track as you like. The piano industry
1: was destroyed by the invention of the phonograph. You know, so, I mean, you know, it, we're, we're kind of at a point where people don't really value or care about music. On the other hand, it's kind of funny to walk into a studio and, and want to play a song the whole way through and have the engineer get all choked up and teary-eyed because you're not some jerk walking and going, okay, nah, nah, nah. okay, can you loop that? It's like, you know, uh, I mean, it's fine. I'm not anti-technology. Uh, I'm not anti, uh, you know, digital recording, but you know, at base, if you if you want to do crap and you want to use it as something to mask your inability to do anything else. If you have the same skills that you need to operate Microsoft Word, you can put together an electronic track. It's all just a bunch of uh, rectangles. You know, know, in much the same way you get close to a big uh, photograph, you can see the halftone dots. You know, analog is a continuous sound. And, you know, digital can sound fucking great, but digital, when you get close to it, is a series of beeps. So it's a whole other thing. On the other hand, so what? 24 frames per second,
3: that's a movie. Come on in and we'll have it out This one last time I'll see you again When the sun begins to shine Close your eyes and remember when you look so fine I'll see you again When the sun begins to shine Dad, you say that you had my bracket? I don't know when Don't get another chance To pull that stuff again And yet I know better took my time i'll see you again when the sun begins to shine
0: which songs of yours go down particularly well with the live audience i'm just Uh, wondering what the crowd pleasers are from your set
1: uh i don't know people tend to like Lucky Stone. I have a friend who told me that his 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 kid likes to uh, yell at uh, Alexa, which horrifies me. That people have surveillance devices in their in their houses, but um, says that his uh, his his small children like to yell Alexa, play Reed Paley because they know they'll hear the word fuck. But, um, <laughs> which that's you know on an album that revival came out. People, it was like I was Satan. Oh my God, I'm so foul mouthed. It's like my God, there's ten songs there is what you might consider profanity on three of them. I mean, that's far cleaner than what you would hear at your local cop shop. I mean, come on. Yeah, I mean, you know, people like, uh, people always like Lazarus in Brooklyn. People like, uh, you know, there's always ones that are crowd pleasers. Stay a while from uh, Hellhound, people like.
3: Don't look at me. I'm not a leader here. You find your own way, just don't find mine. It's not like I know what to do. You're on your own, I'm not a volunteer. Just an accident of space and time. Yeah, I'm doing fine. Just like. Goddamn drink, stay a I said, Give me a fucking goddamn drink. I don't want to take your time to drink. Give me a fucking
0: goddamn drink, stay a while. I found that, um, you know, in terms of your songs and in terms of the lyrical content of them. You know, a lot of the lyrics are very poetic and very. There's a lot of subtlety to them, um, but your your kind of delivery of them is very kind of loud and in your face. So it's kind of like someone's done like a a punk rock version of a Shakespeare sonnet. You know what I mean?
1: <laughs> well, that's interesting what you say because I, you know, I have a a, a good friend who once uh, it was one of the most complimentary things anybody's ever said. He said, you know, I'm generally a pretty well-spoken guy, but in your words, you have. About a hundred word vocabulary. I <laughs> said, so, "Yeah, you get it. Yeah. I mean, it's you know, it's. I mean, you know, rock and Amer and just you know, uh, just standard Western music itself. It's kind of like haiku. I mean, there are only so many progressions. There are only you know, it's it's just how you put together as few elements as possible is." Is, is kind of what I like. I mean, you know, Western music, there's only 12 notes. There's only 12 tones. So, uh, I don't know. I, uh, in terms of lyrics, I mean, in terms, I, you know, I like things to work on at least three levels. That amuses me. And, um, you know, I mean, at base, any song that the world hears or anybody else hears is something that has amused me. That's kind of my yardstick.
0: Uh, I can imagine people going to see you play and you know that they're, they're seeing kind of a loud rock and roll band they experience that in a certain way but then perhaps they they might start listening to what you're actually saying and then um, they'll experience it in a different sort of way they'd be like, Oh, okay, he's, he's kind of saying some interesting stuff here.
1: Yeah, I mean, the thing is, I mean, in a live situation, generally, it's harder to hear harder to discern lyrics. You know, I mean, unless it's a ballad, you know, unless it's a ballad and it's a, you know, quieter, slower tune, it's hard to hear the words, but, you know, but it's very easy. And for example, again, to go back to Lucky's Dance, very easy to hear, give me one chance, I'll fuck it up. (laughs) (laughs) People quite enjoy that. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, you know, I don't know. Again, I mean, songs also, I mean, anything that you want to even consider art is kind of a Rorschach blot. In a sense, and uh, you know, people people draw their own meaning from it because you know, I mean, if it's doing its job, it's it you know, it's it's universal as well as personal.
3: I've seen sunset in the morning. I've seen skies go black and blue. Some. I think it might be happening to you.
1: That uh, Payway and Francis album was, you know, uh, kind of a limited amount of time. And we sat in my apartment and drank coffee and and banged out. uh, We were looking to just get 10, uh, you know, kind of song shapes, you know that uh so we had pretty much the music done you know or in a you know in a, a close enough to done stage and then uh, the plan was we each took five of them to finish with lyrics and and you know whatever arranging tweaks we wanted to do and then i met him in nashville uh, a couple of weeks later and we recorded it over the course of two short days so, you know but i mean they're you know i mean there's at one point we were uh, on a tour and he was doing some recording at a friend's tony Mamone's studio and in Brooklyn. And uh, he had a song that he liked and he was like, he didn't have lyrics for it. I said, you know what, you want to do lyrics for this? I said, yeah, sure. You know, and I, you know I, it's hard to write lyrics or do any songwriting while other music is happening. I said, all right, I'm going to get out of here. I'll be back. So I jumped in a cab. I went back to my apartment. I came back 45 minutes later. I said, okay, there you go. And, you know, he started laughing almost immediately when he was reading the lyrics. So I knew that I had done good. <laughs> so, and that was that's a song called don't uh, get me wrong that he did some years back that's kind of a weird thing that's one where it's his music and my lyrics but mostly it's just you know actual collaborative stuff so i mean i you know i would write songs for other people hell you know i mean if somebody said hey you know write a song for taylor swift you know i'd give it a crack but i can write all sorts of things you know there are things that i choose to write because that's what i do i mean obviously if i wanted to Far as I'm concerned, if I was going to do that, then I might as well have just gone to business school.
3: I can't tell you the truth, Did it break your heart, it you just made you angry and blue. And I never know what was good for me, how can I be good to you? Don't want to go. With your head hungover. come take a hand. If you weather the storm, that
0: might save your neck. Remember your heart if you care. I didn't have a question about the stuff that you're working on at the moment because I didn't know that you were. So, I mean, how far into it are you in terms of the, the new material? Have you got like songs written that you want to record? I have tons of them that I want to record. I have two dozen that I want to record out of maybe
1: out of twice that number. Those two dozen are the only, they're only the ones that I, you know, that I deem uh, ready to be released into the wild. I mean, you know, songs are never the issue. You know, I mean, if you said, Hey, you know, I'm, you got recording uh, coming up and it's completely financed in two weeks. Uh, We need new stuff. I'd say, sure. I'd have, I'd have 12, 14 new songs in two weeks. You know, it's just, is there a place to put it? if there's no place to put it, you know, it's like fucking, you know, it's like baking a pie and putting it out on the corner, <laughs> you know, who's yeah. going to eat it? Nobody. Why bake the pie? So uh, yeah, I mean, I've, you know, I got some, some stuff that I recorded years ago with a, a session that, uh, session that got uh, cut short due to uh, some uh, kind of horrendous uh, family issues, but uh, yeah, I mean, I got, it's, it's, it's there. It's where right, this stuff's ready to record and, you know, I'm, new songs getting written every week. So, so, uh, you know, I mean, hopefully once this clears up, I mean, there is a, a, a small, very friendly, very indie label down South that wants to put out a record. So if that's still there, by the time I get it finished, I mean, social media, every once in a while people go, Hey, so when's the next record coming out? I said, like, Oh Christ, don't make me tell you this. You know, it's, it's, if it wasn't a matter, if I could just walk into a studio and record whenever the fuck I wanted to, there'd have been a new record out every, you know, eight to 12 months for the past 15 years. It's just a matter of recording, you know, I mean, you know, there's no help here. I mean, this is this is America. It's a bottom line place where, you know, if you are a musician, you need to fucking grow up and get a fucking real job, you loser. And, you know, if you if you have somebody to help you load in, you gotta watch out your equipment doesn't get stolen because he's a crackhead. Whereas if, you know, if you're somewhere in Europe, the guy who helps you load in stuff is a guy with a job and a family and a job that people respect because he's facilitating something of value. Poss- probably has to do with the, you know, the older countries, because, you know, I mean if if countries were people there are many countries that are grown up, but the United States of America is a sadistic twelve-year-old with a mullet pulling wings off flies. The United States is a young country, so and as such does not have its values straight. The point I'm making is, it's not like I can, you know, there's no, there's no, there's no grant for the arts. There's no program. There's nothing. It's like I gotta either have somebody front me money or I gotta scrape it up myself to record. Because you know, again, you know, I'm not gonna make anybody a load of money. The only other reason anybody's going to do that for you is if they want to fuck you. So, you know, (laughs) I'm kind of where I am. Long story short. Yeah. Record. Yeah. There, you know, I mean, if I could go into the studio, if, you know, if, if there was not this plague and you know, there is a place to record and a place to rehearse, it would be done and mastered in in a week and a half. (laughs) The songs are there.
0: Yeah, okay. Well, uh, you know, I I hope that you, that you at some point can get it together to um get it together. I don't know if I like the sound of that. I have it together. Oh no. What do I, <laughs> I mean, just, I yeah, have yeah. it together. I, I just don't have money. Um yes. No, I'm uh, I'm, not, I'm not suggesting that you're dragging your heels here. <laughs> no,
1: I know. I know. It'd be nice to get it done before the apocalypse.
0: <laughs> we'll see which one comes first, I guess.
1: Uh, yeah, it's, it's 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 always in my head. I'm always wondering what's going to happen.
0: Well, yeah, it's uh, it's difficult to know at this at this moment in time.
1: It is. It is. I, don't know. Maybe just it. I mean, will bang. I do some. I'll call it low-fi. I'll just record some crap in my apartment. People will think it's authentic.
3: is one you've heard it all before Just another holy Joe Streets are lined with suckers buying snake oil from a whore And there's no place left to go Don't be afraid the dark sky I'll hold your hand when it comes down Here come the morning sun It's all yours and mine Let's get up front and watch the show Here come that Judas cow Let's watch him get in line It's the only thing they know Don't be afraid of the dark sky I'll hold your hand when it comes down Comes down.
0: Yes, thank you for listening. Thanks a lot to Reed Paley. Sorry once again about the sound quality quality of the conversation was first rate i'm sure you'll agree links to reed's music are in the show notes make sure to visit frankburton.co.uk for all the information about my three books a history of sarcasm 100 and everything i am plus the video series the ragbag rambler check it all out it's all great stuff i thank you all is part of Britpod Scene, an independent network of uniquely British podcasts that's always growing. Check out BritpodScene.com
2: or follow BritpodScene on Twitter to find out more.